Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Colossians chapter 1. And we're continuing our studies. Uh, I don't want to rush through this. Uh, there's so much to say about the kingdom of Christ. And there are basically uh, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, and then the kingdom of Christ, which he will return to the Father. But uh, let's look at Colossians 1. And look at verse 12. Colossians uh, verse 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which, he, uh, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So if you look at verse 13, actually at the end of verse 12, it says that we're partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We ask that you lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it, that you'd help us to use our minds uh, to study. We pray that we'd not be distracted and that you'd open our heart uh, to receive the truth and the principles of the kingdom and that this would have a deep uh, meaning and it'd be very important. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we've been talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of of heaven, the kingdom of Christ. Just a real short review. Um, we looked at Ephesians 5. It talks about those who will not inherit the kingdom of Christ. So you have to get in through inheritance. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And then in John 18, 36, Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, I would fight. I would call my armies and they would fight for me, but my kingdom is not of this world. So that is the kingdom of uh, God. At this particular time in this dispensation in history on the, uh, the planet Earth. But the kingdom of God, just a quick review, it is internal, invisible, spiritual. It is within you. It's not out here. That's what we're a part of, the kingdom of God. So Romans 14, 7, uh, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but is joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So where does the Holy Ghost live? In your belly. Your body is the, uh, the tabernacle of God, if you will. And said out of your belly will flow rivers of living water the abundant overflowing life so it's within you it is spiritual so it's not violent it's not physical it is spiritual and the bible calls it the mystery of godliness this is a mystery the world does not understand uh, it's within you and the major theme of this kingdom is salvation by grace through faith and mercy so 
you know, this is a merciful kingdom. It's a forgiving spirit. Uh, remember when uh, James and John wanted to call down fire and destroy those like Elijah and Jesus said, you know not what manner of spirit ye are of. So this is the time to win the lost, forgive, turn the cheek, do good to them which despitefully use you, pray for them. It's The major theme is mercy. Uh, so if you're in this, accept the spirit, accept the character or the nature. It's not violence. It's not physical warfare. It is spiritual warfare. And the weapons of our warfare are what? Not carnal, not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity to obedience of Christ. So we're trying to get people to think right, to get their mind uh, transformed, the renewing of their mind. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the, the spirit mind of the person has to be changed. So this is what we're a part of. When you get saved, you enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the other kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is a literal, physical, earthly kingdom out here. So when Jesus comes back to fight at Armageddon, he will set up his kingdom on earth. It will be the kingdom of heaven. And eventually it will spread through all of heaven and we've talked about that of the increase of his kingdom there shall be no end uh, it says that I believe in Isaiah 9 also it's kind of mentioned in, in Daniel but uh, so we're not in that yet we're in the kingdom of God so you can't confuse the two or you will have doctrinal problems and contradictions and you'll have a private interpretation, you're going to reach the conclusion of false doctrine. So then you have what we've been talking about, the kingdom of Christ, which could be to summarize the two or generalize the two, but technically it's totally different because this kingdom of God will become a part of the kingdom of heaven, which will become the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of Christ, and then uh, he will give it back to the Father uh, as eternity begins. So the Father gave Christ the kingdom. He says, I've given you. He said, I've lost none that thou hast given me in John 17. Uh, so then... God the Father will give it to Christ during the millennium. And then Christ will give it back to God the Father to start uh, eternity. And we looked at this. We may look at it again later. But that's in 1 Corinthians 15, 24. He will return the kingdom uh, back to the Father. So it's very important that you look at words. They're on purpose. There's no uh-ohs. There's no suppositions. 
there's no synonyms. Every word is on purpose. So the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of heaven, as we've looked at. And then uh, we need to remember, though, that this is a kingdom of, for the Jews. So there's many ways to become a Jew. You can be born a Jew of the stock of Abraham, of the 12 tribes of Israel, and then have the faith of Abraham, or you can be a proselytized as a Gentile into Judaism. Uh, that's all the other peoples who's ever lived before the church, after the church. If they're a Gentile, they have to get what we call proselytized into Judaism by faith to repent of their heathen gods and turn to the one true God of Israel. So, uh, but the other way is what we're doing, to be born again, and you're not a Jew of the flesh, as it says, but you're a Jew of the heart. You get circumcised by Christ, and you're baptized into the body of Christ by faith. And so then, technically, people don't understand this, you become a Jew. So the only way to get into this kingdom, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of Christ, it's a kingdom for the Jews, and technically and doctrinally and dispensationally, uh, there's obviously technicalities, as we've been talking about. But according to Romans 2, 28 and 29, you have to have the faith of Abraham the faith of Abraham, who was called the friend of God. Now, we want to look at some aspects of the kingdom, all three kingdoms, but technically the kingdom we're a part of, uh, because that's how it applies to us on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, but look at these aspects. It's very simple. In any kingdom, the word itself denotes a king. There's a king who rules and reigns over the kingdom and actually he established the kingdom and he will decide who gets in the kingdom and who does not and the king will decide uh, who is legal in the kingdom and he has the authority and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ but isn't it interesting in this modern liberal apostate age in which we live, there are so many quote-unquote Christian in Christendom Christians. They claim to be a Christian, but they don't like the king. They claim they're going to heaven when they die, but they don't glorify the king, honor the king, submit to the king, bow to the king, surrender their will to the king, but yet they call themselves after his name. So what does it say in Acts 11? They were first called Christians at Antioch. The word is Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, and he was their king. And who did the Jews crucify? The king of the Jews. They crucified the Lord of glory and it says, if Satan would have known what he was doing, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because in crucifying the king, he defeated himself. 
that king was dying for the sin of the world, shedding his blood, being buried for three days, rise again uh, to establish what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of Christ. So the kingdom denotes a king. So when we take it very simple. If you died, you want to go to heaven or hell. You know, pretty simple. But technically, you're entering into a kingdom. A kingdom which is unbelievable. So, a kingdom denotes a king. Number two, you enter the kingdom as a loyal subject to the king. Uh, you know, in the old days, they had a saying, heads are going to roll. And there is power in the word of a king. There is fear in the presence of a king. And if you read the book of uh, Proverbs alone and Ecclesiastes, there are so many principles about how to act in a relationship with a king. Because if you make him mad, uh, you could be put to death. You're not even supposed to talk about him in your bedchamber. You know, it says a little bird could carry it off and he, he's going to find out what you're talking about. Uh, that's why it's very good that we have a president, not a king. <laughs> uh, because in the old days, heads are going to roll. You know, you know how many people that Mary Queen of Scots burned at the stake? I think it was like 208. Uh, how many people Henry VIII had tortured and decapitated all throughout history on Bastille Day in the French Revolution which is there July 4th uh, and when uh, Louis the 14th and Queen Anne Mary, what's her name Antoinette Marie Antoinette uh, she wasn't even French she was Austrian but of course all those families know each other very well they were decapitated uh, you make the king mad heads are going to roll and there was a song written about that from Britain. Uh, why? Because if you're part of the kingdom, you have to be a loyal subject. You love... What would they say? And some people said it and they meant it. And some people said it because they had to. God save the king. Long live the king. Right? They meant it because he had spies. And if you went against him, you would be arrested cruelly punished, maybe put to death. The kingdom denotes a king, and to enter the kingdom, you must be a loyal subject. Now, what happens is, you read the parables, and different writings, it's in Ezekiel, it's also in the book of Jude. Wicked creatures creep in to the kingdom and the evil birds make their nest in the tree of the kingdom. So within the kingdom who has the Lord of glory as the king, there are always tares amongst the wheat, evil birds, creeping, crawling things who sneak in. None of them are worthy, but this is one of the principles of the kingdom because a little leaven will leaven the whole lump and there's Satan knows the best way to run the kingdom is to infiltrate the church 
not to necessarily attack the church from an outward attack through politics, persecution, though he does that all the time. The main way he destroys it is through infiltration. Birds make their nest in the tree of the kingdom. Uh, wicked, creepy crawler things creep in. Read Jude, all the false prophets. Uh, look how sneaky and cunning and wily the devil is. Look how many false churches there are that call themselves Christians. Look how many cults there are that call themselves Christians. Look how many uh, bad denominations there are that call themselves Christians. Uh, there's a whole church that talks about our mother church. There is no mother church. All sorts of creepy crawlers, evil birds making their nest in the kingdom. But if you're really in the kingdom, you love the king. You're loyal to the king. You serve the king. And it's all about the king. And in order for the kingdom to be established and the kingdom to be protected and for the kingdom to prosper, the loyal subjects have to investigate, if you will, and make sure that there is loyalty to the king. Now, number three, this is very simple, a little bit redundant, but in the kingdom there is a law. And the law dictates the rules of the kingdom, the legal system of the kingdom. And so we have, praise the Lord, the King James Bible, the Word of God, Amen. which is the law of God, first five books, Pentateuch, what we call the law of Moses, but this law is the rules in which the loyal subjects follow as they are serving the king. Long live the king. Now this is what's so amazing. He's not a cruel dictator. He's not a tyrant. He's a loving savior. Amen. It's really amazing. The king of kings loved us so much that he gave himself to die for us. Yes. Not a cruel dictator, tyrant. The princes dug the wells, one of my favorite passages. The, a true prince gets out there and digs the well with the people. Jesus Christ set the example. He laid down his life for us. And then he sets us free. And you can choose to be a bondservant or not, but it's the law of the kingdom through love. You know, if you read like uh, Romans 13, love is the fulfilling of what? The law. So all these laws, it's not rules to be strict. It's how to love God and how to... What is the second commandment which is like unto it? Love thy neighbor as thyself. So you love God, you love your neighbors yourself. This book right here is to tell you how to love God and love your neighbors yourself. Amen. Sum it up, that's the greatest commandment, the second is like unto it. Who is my neighbor? Anybody you come in contact with. Amen. That's your true neighbor. So, this is the, the, the principles of the kingdom. If you're saved, accept it and ask yourself, 
You know, that's why the Bible says we're to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. Make thy calling and election sure. Now, how are you going to get in? Uh, there's three ways. Uh, and this is very, most of us know this, but we need to understand it. Number one, it's by inheritance. Uh, we read that in Ephesians 5.5. 5. It lists the wicked people that have no inheritance in the kingdom. And other places, which uh, we read also in uh, Colossians 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, how will you get into this kingdom? Through inheritance. That means that Jesus Christ puts you in his will. Now, this is really amazing. If you've ever been in a will, if you've ever had a will, a, a will legally made, if you've ever been in the, uh, the reading of a will with a loved one passed away and you were invited, uh, you're in the will. And you will be an heir when the will is executed. Now, we want to look at this because we're going to talk about adoption. You're not fully heirs until the will is executed. So it talks about in Galatians, you're no longer a servant, but you're a son. There's a big difference between being a servant of God and a son of God, and then a full adopted son of God. So the word adoption in the Bible is different from what we think of. If somebody is not the biological parent, they can apply through an adoption agency and adopt a child. That's not the Bible doctrine. Uh, adoption is when basically the will is executed and you get your inheritance. So are we full sons yet? No. Because we haven't been adopted yet into full sonship. But, praise the Lord, you're a son, not a servant. You're in the will. It just hasn't been executed yet. So, you know, there could be somebody who's going to inherit umpty hundreds of millions. You know, they say, well, I'm, I'm uh, the son of so-and-so. Yeah, but if he didn't give it to you yet, <laughs> it's not yours. You, you, you have to wait for the execution of the will. And I think Brother James talked about this Sunday in his class. The groanings are all about the redemption of our body so that we can be adopted into full sonship. That's what it's all about. So the first way to get in is you have to be in the will. You know, and, and you ask somebody, well, how do, you, how do you get in the will? Well, you don't schmooze, whatever that means. You don't buy your way in. And you, you get born into it, right? Born again. Uh, verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. So we are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And we are born into the kingdom. You know, you know, it's all these people, the liberals, who say uh, we're all the children of God. No, you're not. We're all the creatures of God. There's a difference between being a human 
creating the image of God, being a creation of God, and being a child of God. And you have to be born into the family to be a child. Uh, and that's the only way to get in. You know, a lot of people want to sneak in. They want to cheat to get in. You know, that's why, what does it say in John 10? He said, I am the door. If any man come any other way, there are what? Thief and a robber. You know, all this religion, do-gooder, what I call it, do-goodism, they're trying to cheat. They're not getting in. You know, you know how many people, I've just read about that, thought they were in a will, and it was probated, and they're going, <laughs> And they show up for the reading of the will and they're not even in it. I mean, true physical, biological children were cut out of the will. Uh, I knew a guy, pretty shameful. He'd call me up. I'd say, how's it going? He'd say, I'm waiting on my grandma to die. Now, this, is what he, this is what he'd say to me. And I wanted to say something to him. He'd say, well, what? I'd say, what? He'd go, yeah, she has this big farm and I'm going to inherit it, and I can't get my hands on it to sell it until she, he said some other word, drops. I mean, it's wicked. I mean, this guy says he's a great Christian, too. And then he's already saying, I'm going to have to fight my brother and my sister over it. There's going to be some legal battles, but I can't start that until, you know, and he was actually, and then he would say, this is really appalling, God's dragging his feet. This is unbelievable to me. Good old independent Baptist, by the way. God's dragging his feet that he won't kill my grandma so I can get her money. And, and uh, how does he even know he's in the will for sure? She, if she found out, she'd cut him out so quick. If you had any guts, you'd cut them out if they talked that way. If you had any sense, you wouldn't put somebody like that in there who's a money-grubbing, uh, greedy type of a person. So, how do you get in there? You've got to be born into it and praise the Lord. All those who are born in are in the will. It's, it's so amazing. We are joint heirs with Christ. Now, the second way to get in is you have to be translated. Now, we read this. Look at Colossians 1. Look at verse 13 who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. So, uh, this is really an amazing doctrine, but just like the King James Bible was translated, it's so deep you really can't explain it. It's a mysterious, miraculous moving that you are one thing and you become another. So we were what? The kingdom of darkness. It says that we were children of disobedience. It says we were children of the devil and the lust of your father you will do. But he translates us into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's only a work of God. You can't translate yourself only God can get you into the kingdom. And so, how do you get in there? 
by faith. You know, if we do our part, God will do His. You put your faith in Christ, you'll get born again by grace through faith. God will translate you into the kingdom. And so you're supposed to have your name blotted out and not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. God translates you into the kingdom and you are a son, an heir, and it says you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. Now, we're going to run out of time, but just think about this. And this relates to all of us. Some of us here are more well-off than others uh, financially. Maybe you were born into money, you've already inherited things, or, or whatever the situation is. But if you knew that in the future you're going to inherit a kingdom, wouldn't you stay with it? Wouldn't you toughen out? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you finish what you've started? Wouldn't you encourage your heart that your name is on the will and when the reading is there, you're going to be adopted into full sonship. Now, we'll look at this next time in detail, but the Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is the word bima, and the word bima is taken from uh, culture at the time when the Bible was written. It was a famous place, well-known place in the city where there were gatherings, and there were basically um, legal and official decisions made and proclamations. So you could say, uh, this is my son. I announce and I declare, this is my son. And when that happened, the will was executed and he received his part of what was in the will. But until then, he was just a son. He didn't have his inheritance yet. You know, remember the story of the prodigal and, and the, the supposed good son? And he said, just give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. Uh, and his father was compassionate, gave it to him. But you don't get the will till it's executed. So you could have a living trust. You could have a trust. You could have a will upon, what's it called? The ben death beneficiary. Uh, so my wife was talking about this today. On any checking account, you have a, what's the word, D-B, D-O-D, P-O-D, pay on death. I don't even know what it stands for, I'm guessing. It's whoever you sign up that if you die, they get all your money in that account. Every account has one. I mean, they're supposed to. Uh, who'd you put on there? Who'd you put on there? A stranger? Not me. You put on there, if you, if you pass away, who do you want to get? What's The balance of that account, they get it, and it's all legal, and nobody can do anything about it because you signed it when you opened the account. If you knew that you were on that account of Jesus Christ, and you were going to inherit empty... There's not enough. There's not enough zeros, billions, trillions, quadrillions. There isn't enough. If you knew that, why wouldn't you love the king? 
Why wouldn't you stay true to your Lord and Savior? Why wouldn't you fight the good fight, lay hold on eternal life? Why wouldn't you use that to encourage you to keep on going? Like we sung the song, we're marching, we're not pulling back, we're not, we're marching on, we're pressing on. Think about it, the kingdom. It's such an amazing thought, and, and I'm through, but you know, sometimes we forget. We see our body, we see our bank account, <laughs> we see the house we live in, we see the troubles of life, the struggles of the flesh. We need to remind ourselves, and sometimes we see the world and other people having all these riches. We're in the kingdom. If you're saved, you got born into it, translated into it, you're an heir, a joint heir with Christ, and though right now you're just a son, at the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to be adopted into full sonship. You know, think of how glorious that is when Christ says, this is my son. <laughs> Almost makes me cry. This is my son. All I have is his. It's unbelievable. How could we turn on him? How could we compromise? How could we sell out? How could we quit? The kingdom. Amen. All right, let's stand. All right, remember, RU is Friday at uh, 6 o'clock. Pray for our soul winning. Uh, take some tracks, pass them out. Pray for those taking tests. Pray for those who are having uh, treatments. And uh, pray for those struggling, having a tough time. Amen. Lord.